In the late spring of 1995, just a few weeks after I'd turned 28, I got a letter from my friend Madison Roberts. I heard from Madison four or five times a year, updates on her life that were as foreign to me as reports from the moon. Her existence, the kind you only read about in magazines. She was married to an older man, a senator, and she had a little boy whom she dressed up in nautical suits and who looked like an expensive teddy bear that had turned human. I was working two cashier jobs at competing grocery stores, smoking weed in the attic of my mother's house because when I had turned 18, she had immediately turned my childhood bedroom into a workout room, a huge Nordic track filling the place where I'd unhappily grown up. I sporadically dated people who didn't deserve me but thought they did, and you can imagine how Madison's letters were a hundred times more interesting than mine, but we stayed in touch. I was on break at the save a lot, and the first chance I had had to read the thing, I opened it to find that Madison wanted me to come to Franklin, Tennessee, where she lived on her husband's estate, because she had an interesting job opportunity for me. She'd included a $50 bill for a bus fare because she knew that my car wasn't great with more than 15 mile distances. She wouldn't say what the job was, though it couldn't be worse than dealing with food stamps and getting the scale to properly weigh the bruised apples. This is an excerpt from Nothing to See Here by Kevin Wilson, one of my all-time favorite books. This is one page more. To kick this episode off, I'm coming at you live from quarantine. (laughs) But uh, go ahead, Pfizer. Me and my husband have both tested negative this whole time, and we felt pretty much fine. Um... But my daughter was exposed the very first day, her very first day in public school. She was exposed to COVID and then got very sick a couple days later and tested her. And yeah, she's positive. What also is so sad is that you like really pushed yourself last year to homeschool her, her first year (laughs) of school to keep her safe. And literally the first day of first grade, it's like, oh, I know. Oh, well, I mean. You did all you could do. Like, it's always been layered for me because I don't, I try not to buy into the fear that, like, because, like, she was very sick that day, but it literally lasted, like, a day. And now she's almost totally fine. And it's been, you know, three or four days. Um, And, like, the other girls are definitely, like, ill, but not terrible. And so I'm grateful for that. And, like, we're not high risk. But yeah, I mean, my whole thing was also like, I want her, I don't want to disrupt her learning. I don't want to disrupt her and like shut down an entire class and do all this stuff. And that's exactly, (laughs) they they ended up quarantining the whole class because I think at least two other kids got like tested positive. So yeah, I know that was, I'm sure that's happening all over the country. Mm-hmm. All right. So, okay. All that aside, <laughs> today we're talking about kids with much bigger problems than ours in this book by Kevin Wilson. The book is called Nothing to See Here. It has what I think of as an iconic cover. I've noticed this cover for years, and I think it's such a good cover. It is really cute. And uh, wasn't this one that, the one that we did the cover off on uh, Instagram yeah. stories or several? Um, no, we did. I did another one of his books. Um, what was it called? The Nest or Oh, Perfect Little World. Perfect Little World was also really good. And it has lots of like very unique and distinct covers. So um, 
this one so before we get into like the nitty-gritty just looking at the cover would you have guessed like the plot twist of this book no yeah so when you look at the cover it's just like a you see the bottom half of a child and the top half (laughs) is like a bunch of flames and that that's like all it is like very vague did you even know it was flame i did i noticed right away it was i just thought like okay it's an explosive child like right anger for <laughs> years i thought that this was a skirt that it what? was i thought this was like a <laughs> marilyn monroe moment and that this child's little skirt was like thrown up over her head so see, i very... really was like in the dark here okay i you know what? i'm looking at the picture now and i see i guess but yeah to me it looked like a little <laughs> pair of shorts it's like little tiny shorty shorts right with... <laughs> so good okay this book in the barest terms is about a woman who is kind of like living this burnout life her life is going nowhere she was is very smart but got tossed out of a prep school um, after taking the fall um, for something that she didn't do and her life kind of like just what what am I trying to say she was stunted from there <laughs> yes you're right she had tons of um, abilities to do things and super intelligent but no motivation yeah and uh, her long lost roommate who she took the fall for contacts her years later they've kind of kept in touch but they're not super close asks her to come and work for her she's got a job that only she can do she knows it'll be perfect and so she's like sure we've got nothing to lose um it ends up being a nanny job for this woman's stepchildren and then you realize that these children are not normal and the the book goes on from there it's short and sweet uh, sometimes not so sweet, but it is a very quirky, funny, sometimes poignant fiction story. Right. Yeah, this was, it did not go the direction I thought. <laughs> it, even like three-fourths of the way, I was like, how is this book going to end? Like, what yeah. is going to happen here? So definitely a little bit of a um, several unexpected twists. The characters are not super likable to me but all that to say i know you were obsessed with this book what is your rating on this book i give this book five stars because i am a kevin wilson stan i feel like he writes these incredibly flawed characters who are somehow like you root for them you despise them sometimes you understand where they're coming from even when you don't agree with what they're doing and specifically this book was just so fresh like it was so um kind of crazy and off the wall in a way that I just enjoyed every second of it I also and we'll get to this later but I felt like the narrator did a great job that I felt like someone was telling me a real story for a second you know what I mean yeah yeah I guess while we're already at this point we both listened to it should you read it should you listen to it might as well just listen to it it was good um and uh, so I have thought about this this book 
I liked it, but it wasn't like a top fave for me. And we'll get into that, I guess, more later. <laughs> so I think I'm going to give it like a three and a half. Okay. Like it was a, you know, it was a good solid book, but mm-hmm. maybe just not like my favorite. So what's, what's that book we read with all the different characters and the bank robber and the whole thing? Oh, Anxious People by Frederick um, Backman. Right. So if you like Frederick Backman, you would like this book. I think like it's kind of in that vein. Um, however, I prefer Kevin Wilson and the book is a lot shorter and more to the point. There's not as many weaving, you know, perspectives going on. I would love to know how, um, how many pages are in the actual book because it's like a six hour audiobook. I This book was so short. I was really surprised. <laughs> well, and we're coming off of reading like very long books. Right. Like it's, we've Listen been going 24 hour. Right. <laughs> and, and it is like, it can be jarring when you go from like, we've been reading a court of thorn of roses um, and just something so insanely fantasy driven and then you're like thrust back into this completely different genre it like that's how I felt going into a court of thorn and roses that it just like threw me for a loop and I really needed to like get my bearings for a second oh totally and definitely like we listen to tons of different genres and it can be <laughs> like I it did oh, wow I'm trying to I'm trying to hold off on spoilers so I guess <laughs> I don't let's know just I'm like, go. I let's yeah, go let's just jump on in Okay. Um. Yeah. So, what is it? the main character is Lillian, right? Mm-hmm. Lillian. I think the main thing was that I, I did not get Lillian. She was so so. What we start off, and I, Lillian, her mom. She's a single mom, but she also is like not a good mother. Like she never feels any sort of like affection towards her daughter. Her dad's like she has no clue who he is and is like is offered no information she's super smart and gets into this like big school and then like right away um i don't like whenever it was like describing her relationship with her friend uh madison i was just like Mm -hmm. uh, it was very immediate to me there was like tons of like underlying um uh, like she, she, like she was interested in romantic kind of way, right? Like sexual tension, definitely. Because there, I wish I could remember, but there were several times I was like, "You did what with your friend?" Right? Like, no, just like <laughs> laying in the bed with them. But it was like some very specific things, and I'm like, um, "Friends do not do this, honey. right?" I, I don't know what you're getting at. I well, first of all, I I get what you're saying about Lillian because it's just kind of like, come on, girl, like get the gumption. And find a way to move on with your life type of thing. But at the same token, I went to high school uh, at Flagler Palm Coast High School. Grew up in Palm Coast, Florida. And I kid you not, Lillian is like the picture perfect description of 90% of the student population that I went to school with. It's crazy. Even the smart kids. Even the kids that were like in my AP classes or like, you know were like on the football team and also in my like freshman gifted class thinking of like this certain guy they just absolutely went nowhere I don't know why (laughs) but it it does seem interesting that for whatever reason so many of those people are right where they started I mean they're still there even though technically they had opportunities to to move on 
I guess it just killed me to read. Like, it was like, I mean, I guess it was meant to be like a little mm-hmm. bit depressing. But like, whenever she's, what was she doing? She was working as like a uh, like bagging groceries, yeah, part time, living in like her mom's attic. And I just was like, and she kept <laughs> on about like her mom's constant string of boyfriends and like just like this sorry pathetic life and how she would write letters to Madison. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, what? Like this is, it was just really, you know, and on, just on sad. the flip side, on the flip side, it's also interesting that Madison to me is like, she could be like on rush talk right now. Like she is like <laughs> totally. the Alabama rush girl. And I felt like he wrote her so perfectly. It's like, this is the villain that I kind of want where you're like, I know this girl. I can picture her perfectly. And I can also see why she feels like what she's doing is the right thing, even though it's pretty despicable, actually, like from my perspective. Right. Um, We need to describe Madison for anyone that hasn't read the book because she was so, I like, I wanted to like slam my head into a wall. Like I, as the book got, okay. So poor Lillian is this poor child who gets into this great school, right? She's mm-hmm. a scho- on a scholarship. She is, like, having to bust her tail. She, like, they both love basketball. And it's, she just talks about, like, all like they, she's finally got a friend. And yeah. they have these similar interests and this, that, and the other. And, and you like I said, you, you get this vibe that she's really into her um, as more than a friend. But she doesn't act upon it. Meanwhile, Madison is... Like, the youngest of six, the only daughter. Like, her mom wants her to be a debutante, but she's got a little bit of, like, a a wild streak in her. And Anyways, of course, she gets caught with drugs. And Mm -hmm. her sorry father comes and offers her mom a $10,000. That was another thing to me. I'm like, hold on. I know. $10,000? That is all you're going to take to ruin your child's education? (laughs) Talk about selling your, you know... For Still a mess of pottage. <laughs> there goes your little. Oh. I know. She's like, I need my vaping budget. I and then how she was like, how she knew it was just going to be immediately gone. I just was like, honey, I know. this. I oh, please. I felt so bad for Lillian, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, put yourself in these shoes. You're 15 or 16 years old. Do you have the wherewithal to fight against this? How do you do it? I don't oh, know. Yeah. I mean, like, she could have, I think I, like, I could have found it somewhere in, inside of me to, like, blurt it out to the headmistress or whatever. But I also think that everything was stacked against her because nobody wanted it to be Madison, you yeah. know? Oh, that was what. Even the administration. me off that Madison, like, years later, how she said it was, just like, the elephant in the room that was, like, mm-hmm. like, she really, it was, like, she. there was a point in the book where it was almost, like, you know, like, whenever you want to believe something so true that it's, like, you have, like, lied to yourself enough that it, you feel like it's the truth. Yep. And, like, how Madison finally got to the point where she was just, like, oh, you did that kind of thing, like, and it was, like, I, I just, I just could not, right. no, could not it was stand you. her. And then whenever she um, calls in those years later and she's like, hey, you want to do something for me? And she like drops everything and it's like runs in her arms. I'm like, honey, I know this has been, it was been like 12 years at this point. I'm like, get a dang backbone, get a better <laughs> job. Don't run into the person that ruined your life. But she's like, but it's not only friend. I'm like, I, what a strange loner that I cannot relate to. Yeah. So when she does get there, she realizes Madison is married to like the senator 
and she has basically followed the blueprint of exactly what her parents wanted her to do and she's this like fancy nashville lady i also just felt like the narrator did such a great job with the accents and like we'll get to it in a minute but i love the way that she voiced the kids as like two little freak weirdos like it was perfect for me um but yeah she's like okay my husband is kind of being like um he's being looked at yeah vetted to be the next president right or vice president well so she said potentially those but probably the next secretary of state yeah that's what it was secretary of state so yes so i was gonna say so they've got their like perfect little three-year-old timothy (laughs) and so like they seem to have this picture perfect life but then lillian's kind of like going back in her memory and there was a bit of a scandal because madison actually got with what's his name jeffrey i think was his name Mm -hmm. oh what they had a really what was her last name they felt like they had like a really like prestigious last name but whatever it was i can't remember and how but like the scandal was that he was actually married and had two kids and he like left his wife for this like newer hotter um equally rich <laughs> version who was like a powerhouse because like i think that's how they met like on the campaign trail kind of thing oh yeah she worked for him oh literally i'm not kidding every single time it would say something about madison it was like another dig where i'm like i hate this person I know. I hate everything she encompasses. <laughs> and so when she lays out the problem, or then, you know, then she begins to. Uh, There's another thing. Before she got into telling her what she wanted, she like began this web of like, you know, like hugs and touches and basketball. And then I'm um, like, why don't you stay? Blah, blah, blah. And then she gets into like the nitty gritty and like, oh, I've got a job for you. And then she yeah. lets her know that she wants her to nanny for the boy-girl twins um, from the first marriage, Bessie and Roland. Yeah, so this really, like, is the thing that drew me into the whole book. Is like, Madison, I know you despise her, but she is somehow like charming and even in the end like I actually like could not totally villainize her in the way that she handled everything in the end I'm like okay you're not totally evil because the way she set it up is like their mother like committed suicide right so um they just have had like a really rough few years and she kind of like puts it on her husband that like he's not been as present as he should have been or whatever and like they really want these kids taken care of and blah, 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 blah. But all the time, like, slipping in these little things. Like, you know, they do have some issues. And and we want them to be comfortable and make sure they're out of the spotlight and things like that. And so it really creeps up on you. And then he drop, she drops the total bomb because the whole time, Lillian's like, okay, what the heck is wrong with them? Like, what? Just tell me what's going on. And she tells her that they they just spontaneously combust. Like, they light on fire when they're upset. Um, which is, like, the really, like, weird little first twist of this book, which is great. And I like, I will say, I really liked how he approached it where it's like, okay, you're kidding. So what's actually the problem? And it's like, no, <laughs> like, that really is. Like, it was like, you know, it was as if the two of us were having a discussion. You're telling me something. I'm like, okay, but come on now. So yep. He definitely did ride it out just right. 
And so, yeah, um, this was, I'm not kidding when I say I don't want to trash talk this book because I did like it. But everything Madison did, so whenever they go to get the kids, you find out right away. Um, well, she, she had a, what was his name, Carl, the, mm-hmm. it was like a valet or something. Yeah. Other. He, he worked there with them. So when they go to get the kids, like they've been staying at their grandparents and they're clearly like neglected. And the kids are super adamant. Like they don't want to go with this girl. And like, just like you said, they've just had some traumatic things happening. And it was so sad to me how like, you know, like the twins, y'all, I have twins, boy, girl, (laughs) twins. And like how the, as soon as she goes and like they're at the pool and they're swimming and she goes to like, um, kind of grab her and talk to her and she like bites her arm and it's like run roll <laughs> I, I was like yes save your brother. I love that I think she like literally almost bit her finger off or something I Kevin Wilson just has this way of mixing like the totally bizarre with the totally like asinine like normal everyday plots and it's just like a perfect blend to me because they they really are just like these she even describes them as like kind of like plain little children. Like there's nothing remarkable about these like chubby 10-year-old twins that have like green hair from the pool or whatever and um their grandparents are just like whatever, do whatever you want. Like we just let them do whatever they want because we can't control them type thing. Um do they end up drugging them to get back or does she get them out of the pool? I'm trying to remember. I think she pretty pretty much bargains with them. Yeah, I can't remember. And well, this—that's what she honestly ends up doing the whole time. Is like Lillian is. This is, I guess, maybe something I didn't get. She right away was like, "Oh, whenever Madison mentioned, it's like, oh, I don't have any experience with kids." But she actually ends up being like great with the kids. But it's mainly because she didn't treat them like children. No. You know, like she cuss around them. <laughs> she didn't hold them to like super high standards or have like. You know, like, you're a kid and I'm the boss. She was just very much like, okay, you're on equal playing fields as me. I'm just here to kind of, like, make sure you're okay kind of thing. So they definitely, like, took to her because of her just kind of nonchalance at first. Yeah, I feel like their relationship as it grew was actually very sweet. And it, like, endeared me deeply to Lillian of how she did treat them because she... I mean, she never has, like, animosity towards the kids. She does think it's, like, kind of messed up how Madison is treating the whole thing. Like, they even built a separate house for them Listen, to live in. You don't want, you do not understand how deep my hatred goes. Whenever she takes them to their house, ha- literally their father's house, and they end up staying in, like, the mother-in-law suite, I was like, are you kidding me? I like, think I, um, I, I think I don't disgusted. Hate, I don't hate Madison as much because I hate the husband so much. Like he to me is like the ultimate, just deadbeat dad. He, definitely a slime ball, but I guess because he wasn't as present in the story, mm-hmm. so like he he was a lot of time like gone, you know, like to in DC right. or whatever. Where Madison is there most of the time and like sees the kids like, and they would go days without interacting. I just was like what it can can you imagine being so callous to two children that you stole the dad right. their father away from them their mother died and you and i think the mother had been dead for maybe like a year at this point and they had mm-hmm. never seen them like yeah absolutely not because you're worried about your quote <laughs> public image like 
the atrocity. <laughs> I cannot. So like she she like campaigns to take to them to the library. She uh, actually she sleeps in bed with them at night because they can't really sleep unless she's there. Um, she's like does all this research to talk to like look for like a gel or like a a cure um, <laughs> right like a a fabric of clothes that won't just burn off of their bodies. And she really coaches them through how to control their anger and control their fire. And there's one point where they're all three laying in bed and I think she like fell asleep, but then she wakes up and the twins are talking about like, how do they trust her or not? And she's, they're like, Oh yeah, I think she's okay. Like it's, it's fine. But then the the daughter is just like, and if it's not, we'll just burn everything to the ground. <laughs> Definitely. But, so their relationship was a lot like my twins, where Lucille, my girl twin, has <laughs> so much, like, it's not that Tad won't, like, my son, won't allow himself to, like, say stuff, but it's, like, she definitely is, like, the more assertive one, and he's, like, the guy in the back, like, yeah, 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 you know, like, agreeing with the plan. <laughs> so I loved Bessie, who was just, like, super headstrong. Another thing, Lillian also started teaching them, and, like, and mm-hmm. she kind of calls out, like, wow, like, I, they were super neglected in the sense that, like, they didn't know some pretty basic stuff for their age because their mom never sent them to school. Um, she didn't really try to, like, do much with them because it was like, okay, well, if they get mad, then, you know, they're going to uh, burst into flames and they might mess up my stuff, whatever. And yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if anything big happens. Oh, she's teaching them basketball. I yeah. Actually kinda, I kind of lied. I do not know a single girl that, that like, loves basketball. Like, I know they're out there, obviously. But, like, I don't know of any. So, like, I actually kind of enjoy that. Like, you know, she's just. Shout out to my Grammy, who was captain of the Willicucci High School basketball (laughs) team. She actually loved basketball and continued to play, like, through her adulthood. Um, But, yes, I loved it, too. And I love that Bessie was the one that was, like, sinking the shots and doing so well. And, like. (laughs) I, I think she even like she gets their hair cut. She like tries to just dip their toe into some normalcy. Right. I, I also enjoyed um, Lillian's relationship with Carl because they never tried to make it romantic. It was literally just like a right. coworker slash buddy ish relationship, and I really liked that. I kept waiting for the shoe to drop on that one. I yeah. I was like, okay, there's a romance here. I I, I feel it. <laughs> and you're right. It was kind of nice that it wasn't because mm-hmm. instead it was like the two of them really wanted what was best for these kids. Like yeah. They they both sensed that, okay, the parents or parent slash step parent, they're not going to step in. Like if anything is going to change, we've got to be the one to do it. And they're the ones doing the things like taking them, you know, out on the town for the first time in years. Mm-hmm. And like, they're the ones doing the research into like uh, helping them find like a flame retardant. I just kept not being sure what I thought about Carl, but especially towards the end, he, I was like, oh what a, what a great person he pulled it out and it was he was a good foil because he was so um devoted to like the law of the land and she yeah, was more of sure. like the chaotic whatever goes thing so it was a good juxtaposition with that what I'm did tr- you think about whenever 
when they look at they're out the pool. By the way, they literally spend like hours and hours at the pool. Uh, and they look up and they see little Timothy clutching his bear <laughs> in the window. <laughs> Timothy was such a freak. But I love his I love the character arc for him. They like <laughs> Yes. Well, you're right. It's so nice. Like I love like Madison straight up called him out and was like, Yeah, he's a big mm. weirdo. Right. Like he, like he's obsessed with like weird things and I just kind of like accept it because my mom never accepted me. Didn't she like didn't he bring her in and was like, Here's all my stuffed animals and like ha- they have them all like laid out and categorized. It's like don't touch that one. <laughs> there's well yeah, there's it's like so hundreds perfect. of them and I think was that where she had to pick the best one? It was like which one's the best? It was like like yeah. a, the the test of teddy bears. Right. It was <laughs> and a new one every day was the best. But I Oh, loved... and then she flips him off. I yes. Bessie, I was like, girl. <laughs> I'm telling you, I loved the way he wrote these twins because it was like, and also they, not only are they weird kids whose mother committed suicide and I'm pretty sure they were there when it happened, like it was this whole horrible thing, but she had like homeschooled them and kept, like their mother was deeply disturbed and weird as well. And so they had this whole sack of baggage. They were definitely, they were seriously so traumatized. Not only did their mother commit suicide, but she asked them to as well. Yeah, that's So she, right. like, yeah, she handed everybody a bunch of pills and was like, okay, let's all take these together on the count of three. And the kids are like, uh, not me, honey. Yeah. Um, Timothy is also sad to me, though, because you can tell that he's actually like very drawn to them and it's like madison let them spend time together i guess she thought it was gonna rub off or whatever well i didn't madison was like not maternal even towards her own child so i or it didn't (laughs) seem that way so i just also was like why would she care enough not to let them be around you know what i mean or it's like it wasn't from like a protective sense it was just Mm -hmm. almost like uh i think it was protective i don't know it was protective in a way of like a woman who pushes their Pomeranian in a stroller around the grocery store. <laughs> like, Stop, please. <laughs> like the dog can walk, but it's going to be in this little stroller. I don't know. She just has a plan. Like there is a plan. She's there to execute that plan. I mean, she's a very calculated person from the very beginning when Lillian is like, well, do you love him? And she's like, right. I mean, he's fine. He's great. Like, I have He's the to- father of my child. Right. He, he, this is everything that I've dreamed of and wanted my entire life. I've made it like, and it, it's almost like she sees their marriage as a group project. And Timothy is a key part of that. Right, he's just there for the for them to look. So he's a, a stuffed way. animal. He is the stuffed I mean, animal. <laughs> I, um, so talking about other like side characters, do you remember Mary? Mary was there, um, like Love the maid. Mary. I I'm trying to remember what that movie was. I feel like it was maybe Parasite that I'm thinking of, where it was like. There was just creepy vibes, and I just kept thinking like something she weird gonna was going snap. on. Right. Right. Or like a or like a get out kind of like there was just something that I was just like, there's something not right here. It ended up just being an ominous feeling I had that wasn't truthful. Right. But I definitely got like I didn't get, you know, oh, I did weird. not get weird vibes from that way. I more got like 
she knew these people were full of crap and so she was just there to like do her job and she was the most no-nonsense person of all time she (laughs) i will yeah for sure she just i don't know just had a way about her where it was just you're right very no-nonsense but also like can see into the soul but i just well all these people are so full of crap that i'm like i just well again he uses these like complete opposites right so you have like madison trying to charm every single person around her and just like lying and well not lying but creatively telling the truth you have the twins that are basically like the x-men and so you almost need that straight man of like complete and utter seriousness and like reality check right to kind of prove like yeah right wait to prove that they're gaslighting you is that yes. what I'm trying to say? Yes, <laughs> like... because she she was the most reliable narrator out of everybody because the twins were so traumatized. They could they didn't even remember that they used to live there in oh. that house. Or at least they pretended they didn't. And she remembers everything that how it went down. And I love in the very end when everything is just like going to heck and back and she's just like walking down the road with her purse or whatever i'm like yep just like another day of the office yep bye (laughs) um i'm trying to think so what kind of happens so basically what is her name lillian just spends a lot of time teaching the kids they work they find like a like thick um salve that like nascar drivers use um (laughs) they test it out the kids kind of find out that they actually are they can cause it if they're like so it, it doesn't have to be a just yeah. a big combustion it can be like okay that we focus in on a problem and we can do it you know, so they kind of test it out they spend like weeks and weeks in the pool um and they have like let me think like one dinner maybe with their dad like and it's a very strange dinner Lillian is I thought Lillian took a lot of um liberties <laughs> for sure yeah. as a um paid member of the household to kind of talk to him some any kind of way i just was like wow girl you're brazen i i was surprised that she had that in her like and that she would go so far to do that especially because someone like that would just intimidate me so much totally but i mean and especially because like he is her direct tie to these kids who she does care deeply about. Like, and that's why she's doing it because she wants to protect them and she wants them to have a good life. But at the same time, it's like, have a little forethought that he can cut you off and send you packing whatever he wants. And then everyone's screwed. Well, and she like her relationship with Matt, like Madison and the twins, like it would all be altered. So I was definitely like, okay, girl, but right. it never really matters because she says some like snippy things and he gets upset, but then he immediately gets a phone call during this, like the only time that they've spent time with their children. And he finds out the secretary of state has died and they're wanting to put him in. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they, they, the picture perfect families goes off to DC and they, I think Lillian maybe like asked about the twins and they're like, Haha, no, like, yeah, we, we don't know how they're going to do. And so, as they're in a little press conference and, you know, there's, like, big smiles and everybody. It's, like, the classic all-American family. <laughs> little Timothy <laughs> bursts into flames. It's so good. And, I'm, and I love, I love that it's, like, it was him the whole time. It was always the senator's th- fault. Like, obviously, wow. whatever is wrong with them is in his nasty blood. And 
I also I kind of thought that it was like calculated on Timothy's on well. Timothy's side like he picked that moment to like go for it for whatever reason yeah so up until now we we have no idea that he's had anything and his parents also they're all shocked but then you find out like madison like being the pr maven that she is Mm -hmm. has like immediately started like you know like cool right (laughs) she like you know i'm trying to remember what the story was the story was so stupid but it was like a very iron shirt like starched shirt got too hot or some other yeah the friction uh, something it, like that and either her or lillian one of them calls it out where it's like a rich person honestly can get away with so much and i was like if mm-hmm. that ain't the dadgum truth where it's like we will forgive a rich per- person for stuff that like a poor person it's like you will be like hung out to draw and i i guess this, this is why i couldn't totally hate madison because she she knows what she's doing she doesn't apologize for it but she does lay it pretty like she doesn't pretend to love her husband she just kind of lays him out for the tool he is she doesn't totally love her child and think he's god's gift to earth but he is who he is and that's what she's got to work with like she is somehow very um honest while also being full of garbage she's very what i just thought was like she's super Mm, non-feeling like there's yeah like, like a robot <laughs> right like there, there's like a word that so like okay uh shortly afterwards she goes home and we find out of course like you know pretty much can assume from the whole book lillian kind of confesses that like she's always loved her mm-hmm. and i was like wait a minute like this girl she really will use and abuse those around her for her own personal gain and like it doesn't bother her i'm like this girl Lillian had been hanging on to the crumbs that she was offering for like 12 years. Yeah. Throughout her school career, throughout her college career, throughout her um, actual career, throughout her getting married, like every, you know, she talked about how she would savor those letters. Meanwhile, she's living in her deadbeat mom's attic who sold her out. And I'm just was like, I <laughs> cannot stand you so much. I'm trying to remember what her response was to this it was basically like oh i love you too but i can't do anything about that like i i i never got the the vibe that she um returned it in in more than a platonic way i don't actually think that she loved her in that way what i do think is that it goes back to like their high school days where they were thick as thieves and they would have so much fun together but then madison would go off and have her social circle it was like here's all my friends and then here's like this little outlier right here and she lillian is a loner that she actually could care less like she doesn't this is a normal people situation very much yes it's like the little mary and you're off to the side oh my gosh no wonder i can't stand her it just (laughs) (sighs) you're right triggered so i don't actually think that she had romantic feelings for her but the fact of, of the matter is she does care about Lillian, but Lillian does not fit in her master plan. Right. So she felt like, okay, this is a perfect way to kind of pigeonhole this person that I do care about 
into my life. This is a perfect fit. Like I'll use her in this way. And then we can have this relationship. I mean, even the way that would, they would hang out was so calculated. It was like, oh, meet me on the porch and we'll have lemonade and talk for a few hours on this one night a week, <laughs> even though, you know, she's probably not doing jack squat the rest of the week. So um, yeah, it, she just doesn't fit. She just does not fit. For sure. It, As a friend just... or anything else. Right. And what's also interesting, that same conversation, they both were, were basically like, you're the only true friend I've ever had. Yeah. Which makes me think, like, again, with the unfeeling, whatever her name mm-hmm. is, like, she just does not have normal human emotions because, like. She's it, very much like a type one on the Enneagram, for sure. Um, just like. An unhealthy. Oh, yeah. But, like, just very cut and dried and, like. This is the way life is. This is the way I want my life to be. And this is the way it will be. Me and my friend were talking about how like certain people have the ability to just like bend reality around them. We're talking about my daughter, Lorelai, who has been sick the past couple days. But if you ask her, she's like, I'm not sick. I feel fine. And I do not have the virus. It's <laughs> like... Okay, girl. Well, I think it's a little late for that. <laughs> like, you know, if she can keep some of that energy as she grows older, it can literally be like a superpower. And I feel like Madison maybe has a little bit about that. Like, this is the way my life is. This is the way it's going to be. And everything just kind of falls in line. And it does. Right. And she and she works super hard for it to be so, which is <laughs> how she scammed Lillian. I say she scammed Lillian going out there, but Lillian actually that ended up being a great thing because she it gave her a little bit of purpose. Yeah. And she where she had none. And I when you talk about like how you were endeared to her and absolutely because she really loved those children Mm -hmm. and she really wanted she didn't want to parent them but she really wanted to like care for them because no one else had and she knew that she had missed on that she had missed out on that experience as a child and she didn't want them to so who could not just you know want to be there for her i i really did grow to like love that side of her um, and this, once again, we've got to trash talk Jeffrey because <laughs> his know. master plan, I'm like, terrible I'm, to the like, end. What a prick. Cannot stand him. Mm-hmm. He, when they finally return, it's been a little while since I read this one, but like, what does he do that or he wants oh. to send them off, right? To like an institution or something. He won't. Yes. There's basically what I. <laughs> what i was thinking about it's like a ranch i was thinking about the mm-hmm. you remember that paris hilton documentary yeah. <laughs> i was thinking of that kind of place so like he's sending wants to send them off there including timothy because he's like okay, yeah i need to protect my perfect image and while they're there um i'll have some doctors do some testing on them um you know th- they'll get out of the spotlight and then like i'm gonna send them maybe to like a boarding school out of the country and I have to give it to her, Madison, in the very end. She was like, okay, well, maybe. And then she realizes that he's going to send Timothy to, she's going to send Timothy too, and loses it and puts her foot down and like actually shows a bit of maternal instincts for once in her life. And you know what? That to me is, it, it made it worse for me. Like, I was like, okay, I'm glad you're standing up for Timothy, but you're going right. to throw. You're going to throw these other two. I'm not kidding. Everything she did 
it didn't hurt me. It was like, it was greater. It was like, it just drove me wild. Cause I'm like, these kids have been through so much. You're like, of course you wouldn't want to send your own right. kid anywhere. I wouldn't want to send any child off on their own, let alone, you know, my husband's other children that I stole their father from them mm-hmm. that had experienced so much. So she did pull through, but it was so self-centered still that I was like, I, it was <laughs> by a thread. Yeah, I'm like, okay, girl, you you did the bare minimum, I guess. A little too late. Well, at some point, they decide to basically burn the entire house down, which they do. And then Lillian kind of runs off with them. So she, of course, has nowhere to go. So they just end up at her hometown, back at her mother's house, which I thought was an interesting place for her to go. Um. And it was kind of like failure to launch. Like, and eventually Carl comes and finds him because they're his mom. Her her mom rats him out. I. How does she have no one in her life that is good for her? I know. But you know what? I guess because she doesn't. She knows that she's going to have to give the kids up, and she's like filled with so much dread and like, okay, there's nothing, there's nothing and no one for me, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then she ends up having a conversation with madison where madison's like you know what like what if you were to be their guardian like you wouldn't be their parent and we'll Mm -hmm. financially provide for you and when they said that i was actually like thank goodness they're not going off to switzerland to a boarding school i know i it i was glad that it ended that way that was like the happiest ending that i could imagine for them at the same token i really wonder how like I guess he just had to embrace that that's as far as his career would go because there's just no way that someone would become the president. You know what I mean? Yeah. Keeping, keeping such a hidden secret. Right. Or just like, it would have had to be known like, Hey, you had two other kids for sure. Even even to be a Senator like that. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to remember. I read who was it? Okay. Oh, you, you, do you remember that show that Hulu, (laughs) Hulu put on? It was about the woman, the yeah. women right right yeah. movements what was that show called well, it was whatever it was <sighs> with they, Kate Blanchett in it yes yes do you, the real girl in real life her daddy I'm trying to remember whether he I think he was senator he was something like that it had came to find out like and he was so like very very strong faith Christian blah 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 kept on about families and they it came to find out on the side that he had mm. a woman with two children that was like mm. one of his um, mm. aides or whatever and it was like disgusting because he never took care of the kids he ended up like left them nothing when he died like she had to work like three jobs and she died and the kids went in the system and it was traumatic as heck anyways good for I can't nothing. Even, why am I even talking about this I don't know but <laughs> Oh, but that was that is a parallel. Sad memories conjured up. Well, yeah, I I think Jeffrey has like one moment where he's like kind of has some kind of emotion for his children, but he is so dang selfish and like focused on his own thing. He just could not. He just doesn't care. He wants them to disappear. It just seems surprising that even. How could you even be Secretary of State and keep this no, secret I agree. hidden? <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, I know Which, you were just vetted, but did you just lie your pants off and say, hey, they're they're disabled and, like, deeply disturbed, so we don't, you know. I'm just going to hang on to the hope that, honestly, they're going to he's going to get found out and, like, right. you know, lose <laughs> lose all uh, soci- or, yeah, societal, whatever, enjoyment. 
yeah overall this book was yeah it was good and i have been chasing the dragon ever since this is like for me this is what i like to read (laughs) this is just and i don't come across it all that often even his other book uh, that i posted about um perfect little world it is really good but it's not to me it wasn't as good as this one did have you read his other book i I read that this was his third book there's the family fang which i have not read yet but that was a really popular one and it's not on hoopla so i haven't and i need to well dang yeah he definitely is a good author you're right the audiobook the the slow southern drawl Mm -hmm. i immediately had my um had my qualms at first like i don't know what it is but anybody's southern accent like if i can identify it i'm like okay it's too strong of an accent because i'm like like my family have deep (laughs) accents and i can't anyways but as it went on i was like okay i like it i i will buy it here's my thing with southern accents so you're from southern georgia all my family who has like a deep southern accents are from southern georgia that is a very distinct southern accent it's like um more like pinched vowels in fact in fact someone from southern georgia would say pinched vowels (laughs) like it's and i find that anybody you know especially narrators if they say southern they automatically sound like they are from atlanta georgia like the antebellum like oh good lord i have to like no one talks completely and to me that's why i was i really i thought she had it on point because it was very light and it was like more realistic theirs was it was definitely a rich country right you know what i mean like that was definitely something that stood out to me because i'm like i know low class country and that ain't (laughs) definitely will well and i liked how she did you know madison's upper class natural accent even juxtaposed with the kids who sound like they're from king of the hill (laughs) and it was perfect oh them youngins we don't like you (laughs) whatever i'm like yep that's what i'm imagining oh gosh so good but yeah people there's a variety of there's a variety in the South. People do not all talk. And nobody actually talks like Foghorn Leghorn. I've I've enjoyed definitely like TikTok, like the the Rush TikToks as you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. versus like the even like the West Virginian sound, like or the Appalachian, oh my gosh, like, heavily garbled versus like the Mississippi slow draw. Mm-hmm. You, there's just something about it that I love so much. I love it too. I love listening to people with accents talk, and I really wish that uh, narrators were. I think the absolute worst was that really boring narrator who did Discovery of Witches. She was doing some girl oh. who's literally from like the backwaters of North Carolina, and she talked like the queen of buckhead atlanta or something i'm just like right. you've never met anyone from the south this is clear I, what did she she just did a book we just reviewed what book she did, did she? a court of thorn and roses that's right how did i forget that shame shame so uh this girl her name is Marin, and i don't remember her last name but she did uh she did anxious people she narrated anxious did people. she okay yeah so I, re- I read the 
read the book, the actual book, so I didn't. And guess what? It it wasn't as good. <laughs> I can't. She I can't imagine listening to that book. That book yeah, was, that would have been. Well, I told such you, a rod. I I did like that book in the end, but it did kind of drag as an audiobook for sure because of the chapters and the. I just feel like there was. Well, she a, had to do like ten voices. That's really right, hard. Right, and I told you like there's a quirkiness to some of the writing because it was translated, mm-hmm. and it really shone bright whenever you are listening to someone say it, and you're like, "Wow, that does not sound right." Just hit that translation. Yeah, so she did her best, and I would definitely seek out anything else that she's listened or that she's narrated. I thought she was great. Yes, I agree. Yeah, overall, this book was good. Um, I just could not stand for stupid <laughs> Madison. I mean, honestly, sometimes I was, there's I just that character. Book, but yeah, it, she she's like the antithesis of everything that I want to be. Honestly, mm-hmm. where it's like so self-centered and career focused that you forget everyone else like that is the you know me this is the exact Mm -hmm. opposite of me I'm like the least career driven the (laughs) most family driven yeah what do we have coming up in a couple weeks Lacey yes we're going to be reading um The Silent Patient by Alex and I'm butchering his last name but it looks like it's like Michael Ides it's Michael look it up I-D-E-S The Silent Patient you said Yes, um, and it's going to be a psychological thriller, and I'm actually really stoked. We haven't read a thriller. I've maybe read, like, one this year, so I'm excited. I'm wondering if it's Greek and if it's Michaelides. Now, Mike- you know what? Michael- that could be true. Mike- wow. Okay, hold on. What is the explain Sorry to me? Sorry to this man. <laughs> Listen, oh it's, it says he's a British Cypriot. As, okay, Cypriot, that is Greek. Yes, that yes. That is Greek. So, tell us again what his name is, Alex. I'm going to I'm going to say Michaelides, but I That's so weird that it does say Cypriot author of all things. I mean, it means he's from Cyprus, right. not from Greece, but so, well, there's got to be a pronunciation guide. Y'all know we don't ever claim to be the smartest gals out there, but we are just going to keep it real. Oh, he he wrote The Maidens. I wanted to read that. <gasps> Did you read that? No. Should we read The Maidens? <laughs> <laughs> Hold he, on. Let me look at Goodreads. Let's let's check this out before. Well, I mean, he wrote The Silent Patient, and then he wrote The they, Maidens. They just came out with um, The Maidens. I almost got it on my dang book. Um whatever it's called book of the month okay the silent patient on goodreads has a 4.11 the maidens oops shoot just put it wrong the maidens has a uh come on, come on, come on. a 3.7 so well it's just too silent patient it was like a bestseller okay all right well let's keep it as is then all righty and I'm about to, <laughs> I'm going to listen, or I'm going to listen to a video and learn how to say his name before we record that episode for show. Michaelides. Yeah. <laughs> listen, everybody's already heard. I told Graham about the jock quiz versus jock thing. And Gra- Graham did take French and Graham literally like laughed in my face. And it's like, you're going to sound like an idiot. I was like, God, no, I'm embarrassed. People Just know. <laughs> 
People know I have no culture. Come on, please forgive me. It's just endearing. So, honestly, do not expect me to get a single name right on this podcast. If you've learned nothing else, learn that. But we try. We try our best. And with that, give us five stars. Come on. Yeah, give us a review if you've gotten this far. (laughs) It would make our day. Um, And with that, I bid you adieu. Ta-ta. Bye. See ya.